I want to slow the pace of life down, how can I start? That's the topic of today's show. Welcome to Healing Through Pain. I'm your host, Steph, and this is a show that dives into health and healing, and we discuss how we can show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that life sends our way. Thanks so much for tuning in. So welcome. It is Wednesday. Just by way of logistics, I have no intention on posting five episodes a week. That sounds exhausting and it sounds way outside of what I could commit to. But a good friend told me that in week one, you should launch about one a day. So launch five episodes and then by week two, kind of settle into the rhythm that you're wanting to do for your show. And so I assume that looks like two episodes a week going forward, probably 12 to 15 minutes per episode. And I think they're going to be dropping on Mondays and Wednesdays. I might get really crazy one week and try like a Monday, Thursday and just see kind of what hits better. Um, But that's kind of where we're going with the show. But this week you get to look forward to five episodes and we are officially at episode three and it's piggybacking on yesterday's thought of what is the point of slowing our pace down which we covered yesterday and then today is how do we do that so interestingly as I'm recording this I probably just came out of a conversation that has made me more heated than I have been in quite a while and so I'm I'm actively while we're talking here trying to slow myself down a little bit because I do think that we have a responsibility even in the tough seasons even in the stress or the overwhelm or you know when we're, we're feeling really frustrated with someone uh, that's prime practice opportunity and so uh, you'll notice maybe some of my breathing gets more slow as we go through the episode possibly the cadence of my voice is going to perhaps become a bit calmer we'll see those are some of the strategies I plan on you know talking with you through anyway um, so hopefully I can practice what I preach but that is a good starting point is at the very basic level when we are feeling riled up or when we are feeling like life is too frenetic Breath is the first thing we can intervene on. And there are many pieces of research to support just how not only necessary this intervention is, but how restorative it can actually be. I'm currently working my way through the audiobook Breath by James Nestor, and now that is not a recommendation. Honestly, the book's a little, it's a little left of center. Um, Although if you are in some sort of big health journey, um, it has some holistic thoughts in there about how breath can actually help influence recovery. So, I mean, for what it's worth, it could could be valuable. Um, But one of the pieces of research that he cites is that on average, our um, citizens tend to breathe at a pace of about 3.3 seconds per breath. So over the course of minute you're taking roughly 17 to 19 breaths. Now if we're talking about ideal restorative breathing that number looks significantly different and you could probably anticipate it looks significantly slower. And so the breathing per minute that is recommended to bring you into kind of a centered state is four to five and a half times per minute which puts breathing between you know 12 and 15 seconds per breath. And so there would be a big difference between breathing every 3.3 seconds versus breathing every 12 to 15 seconds. You're talking almost at some points are respirations of five to one. So imagine that. So you, you could do that, you know, in your car right now as you're listening. You could do it while you're you're at the gym. This could actually be quite funny, um, entertaining for others. But, um, you know, take one breath over the course of 16 seconds or 15 seconds and then take five breaths and cram them into that amount of time. There would be a notable difference with how your body responded. And so breathing at its very um, core level is one of the most restorative things we can do when we are at a an accelerated pace, when we're living life in a very frantic way. And there isn't an intervention kind of more immediate than um, restorative breathing. There's a lot of research that says if you did a five-minute sequence 
of square breathing. So square breathing, you know, on each side of the square, you could do four seconds, tends to be the sweet spot, but you could do it for three seconds or five seconds. What you would do is you would um, inhale for, I'm gonna go with four seconds, then you would pause for four seconds, then you would exhale for four seconds, and then you would pause for four seconds, and you would do that cycle again. Now you could do that cycle four times a minute, and if you did that for five minutes, so you did a 20 uh, cycle set of square breathing, what it does to interrupt anxiety and stress in your body is actually pretty profound. It brings um, your heart rate down, blood pressure down, it does just so many different things including the fact that if you are actively counting through each of the seconds, you are uh, forcing your prefrontal cortex to be online and engaged in process. And that would disallow your amygdala or your crisis center of the brain to be active because they're kind of mutually exclusive with how they work. So square breathing or, or moderated breathing is this beautifully restorative practice. And I love that in his book, uh, James Nestor is able to say, on average, we tend to breathe at a pace of about 3.3 seconds. Even hearing that, that actually makes my anxiety tick up just a little bit. That, that's pretty rapid breath. And so if we wanted to do a counterbalance to that, square breathing, slowing down our breathing, that's going to be a really um, immediate intervention that we can do when we're feeling overwhelmed with life. Another thing we can do to add into the benefits of breathing is we can work on engaging the five senses in the experience as well. So it would be very common for a client of mine to be practicing this breathing and they're doing it in a room that is quiet. They're going to do it in a room where maybe they light candles and they've lit a candle or they have some um, essential oils going. I have a client who likes to have her cat on her lap when she does this. And the reason why is engaging the five senses is one of the next best things we can be doing to help regulate our bodies. And so um, when they combine the two, it can actually be a very pleasant experience. And so I would recommend to clients who say, you know what, I actually don't have time in my day to do this breathing. I would say, well, what about when you're percolating your coffee and the morning and you're you're just kind of sitting there mindlessly what if you were to do this breathing while kind of taking in the coffee smell what if you were doing dishes in the evening and you were you know you have your hands in the hot water and it's soapy and you're running you know a, a, a wash towel over a plate that's a very kinesthetic thing. That's something that you're, you're feeling warmth and you're feeling the soapiness and you're feeling textures. And doing that and breathing can be just really, really restorative for the body. The five senses are such a great access point for us to stay grounded and in the moment. Most mornings when the weather is cooperating here in Michigan, um, I'm able to go for a walk and I end up at a nature park that's at the end of, um, end of the road here. And I get to sit in this little patch of, on rather, this little patch of earth. It's probably about two foot by three foot. And I just sit there, you know, cross-legged. Sometimes I'll lay, I'll lay right there and just like absorb the world around me. And I feel the breeze. And did you know that fish eat off the surface of the water? I had no idea. It's very gross to watch. It happens around 7 a.m. apparently. But sometimes I hear the fish, you know, just grabbing whatever's on top of the water there. I have a whole host of ducks that will come up and hang out with me on occasion. And that's pretty fun. Um, but I just lay there and I feel the sun and I hear the water and I I hear the frogs and you know I see the birds and it's just it's the most surreal start to my day because it's engaging my five senses so well so when I'm sitting there and usually that's where um, I'll do my devotions and prayer in the morning but that's also where I'll just sit there and I'll do some deep breathing it's such an just interesting way to start the day compared to how I used to start my day
Related also to the five senses, in addition to kind of um, intaking things that are pleasant, when we are in a high chaos season, we also should be considerate of trying to not take in things that are going to um, rile us up. One of my very intentional things that I do is um, on, on the regular, if I'm listening to an audiobook, I'll listen to it at speed and a half, um, sometimes 1.75 if I'm living life on the edge. But um, if I am just having a, a tough season or I'm not in a place where I can process information very quickly. Either I'm not going to listen to an audiobook for, for that period of time, or I'm going to slow it down to its regular pace of a 1 or maybe a 1.25, because the, the cadence is really going to influence me. And so I want to make sure that if I'm already kind of hijacked or I'm already high energy, I don't want to input something that's going to add into a more frenzied state. And so I have to be considerate of what's what I'm intaking and really try to slow that pace down as well. Music is another one. If I am you know, in a, in a normal headspace, I could probably deal with something more raucous. Whereas if and if I'm in a, a more sensitive headspace, I probably have to listen to something that's very gentle and soothing and something that would help kind of regulate me better. And as we talk about inputs and gentle pacing, another area that many can work on is how quickly we consume food. That is a you know, it's an event that shows up in our day at least three or four or five times. Um, well, at least in my day, it's that often. Maybe maybe you're different. Um, but if we're not using that as a pause in our day, we're really missing opportunity to kind of have a small little reset. And remember, again, we're using the five senses. We're using taste. We're using touch. And so if we're sitting with our food and we're being intentional and we're eating it at more of a gentle pace versus, you know, being ravenous and just consuming it, um, you know, without much thought, it's, it's missed opportunity because we do have kind of these organic pauses that show up and food is one of those areas that we can um, capitalize on if you wanted to. This next strategy is one that makes me giggle just because I, um, I have my, my state supervisor who, again, whether I've mentioned him before or if that's in a future episode, so be it. Um, but he is just so lovely to observe as it relates to how he strolls through life. So I've known him for about six years and never have I seen him do anything more than a casual saunter down a hallway. And there's usually, you know, one hand in his pocket and there's usually just a very gentle stroll going on. And I'm convinced that if we had a fire in the building, he would casually meander out of the building, hand in pocket, with nary a concern. And so I asked him one day, I said, you know, Dr. Lehman, I'm curious if that is an anti-anxiety measure that you have um, adopted. And he said, oh, yes, that's, that's absolutely something that I've had to do. I've had to intentionally slow my pace down because slowing it down has allowed um, a consistent cadence in my life that's more restorative versus something that's really depleting. And so um, even as I'm you know, sharing this anecdote, I'm just giggling at that image of how unruffled he looks all of the time. And I would encourage you to look around in your own life and see if there are people who model some of these behaviors for you, people who intentionally breathe slowly, people who capitalize on their five senses and use them for restorative means, people who eat slowly and intentionally, those who walk slowly um, and more deliberately. Those are great things to observe and then start practicing on your own. The last piece to talk about today is our opportunity to respond more slowly, even in a season of high stress or high chaos. And that is really a powerful thing to press a little bit of a pause or to press a little bit of a break instead of urgently showing up to every crisis or every opportunity that presents itself. 
And some of the intentional strategies that I really like, um, one comes, and, and frankly, this might be really um, egregious to some of you, but I believe it was Parker Palmer. It may be another author, but I believe it was him who shared a story about his father. And his father would get, let's say he gets the, goes out and gets the mail on a Monday, and he puts it in the bottom drawer of his office desk. And then on Tuesday, he moves it up to the fourth drawer. And on Wednesday, he moves it up to the third drawer. On Thursday, he moves it up to the second drawer. And then on Friday, he moves it up to the first drawer, at which point on Saturday, he will go through and he will open the mail and he will start to determine what the priorities are. Now, the interesting thing is by times he got to Saturday, on most occasions, a lot of the urgent things he received had already been remedied or those opportunities had already passed. And so they just weren't important or necessary for him to tend to anymore. And he gave himself basically the gift of time, which is this beautiful thing we can do for ourselves, especially when we're in the decision-making process. And that refers back to yesterday, as I traced through several client anecdotes, it was so important in their stories to give them the gift of time so that they didn't have to make any sort of um, impulsive or knee-jerk uh, decisions. Now, you don't have to be as radical as, you know, pretending the mail doesn't exist for the duration of a week. But what you can do is start to make gentle requests of people when they ask you something and say, would you give me a little bit of time to think about this? Would it be okay if I gave you an answer tomorrow? That sort of thing. Now, to be fair, when you phrase it that way, they could always say no. And frankly, you still have the opportunity to push back and say, well, I'm going to take some time to consider this. But sometimes we feel compelled on the spot to give an answer. Answer. And often that's when a lot of boundary violations are going to actually take place because we commit to something without actually being able to intentionally fulfill the responsibility or we borrow energy from the future and we follow through on something that maybe in this particular season didn't actually make sense for us. So as we wrap up, I again, I want to encourage you to think through what are some strategies that might work for you? Might you be able to disrupt some of the chaos in your life through some intentional breathing? Might you be able to kind of channel um, your five senses and use those in more of a restorative way? Might you want to slow down the pace of your eating, slow down the pace of the music you're listening to, slow down the pace of your walking, slow down the pace of your responses? There's many things where you can practice. I wouldn't encourage you to do them all at once. I would encourage you to pick one strategy and maybe make some intentional strides there over the next week or so, because it does make sense that some seasons are going to be very taxing for us, and you want to walk through them as gently as possible without causing undue um, anxiety or undue harm. And one of the anecdotes that I really like um, that gave a, a great awareness of what someone in a difficult situation is going through. And I had a friend several years ago that really, um, his striking word choice helped me kind of parcel through how important it is to be so considerate of ourselves and our limitations in seasons of high stress. Um, his mother was diagnosed with a, a terminal diagnosis. And um, I just checked in with him one day and I said, hey, how are you doing? And he said, since the moment we found out, I immediately started operating at about 60% and I haven't recovered because she, at the time we were talking, was still ill. And I just thought that was a great kind of visual of how deflated and depleted and exhausted we get when there are big life events happening that are, you know, even if they're within our control, there's still something that needs to be navigated and hopefully we can navigate them more gently. And that's where we're gonna land today. What can you do in a season of high distress to calm the pace down? Hopefully some of these strategies are helpful. Feel free to follow along with me at Healing Through Pain on Facebook. Thank you so much for tuning in and feel free to share. Have a good rest of your day.